right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 282, and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation, but before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome, and if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write us at awesome at gmail.com, and most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends and make sure you leave comments, rate the podcast as you, as you see fit. In fact, if you're a longtime listener and you haven't done this yet, pause the show. Wherever you're listening to it, just leave, give us a thumbs up, give us a heart, give us a rating, something. Um, and uh, we will give you a uh, internet thank you right now. So thanks for doing that. And as a reminder, um, we do this as a video podcast. So you can watch us on YouTube if you want. And for new and or longtime listeners, if uh, you're interested, we have a Patreon, and this is uh, a way for you to support our show for $1 a month, which is like nothing. And uh, that money goes to Jake and I so that we can help uh, keep this podcast going. It takes time. It takes all kinds of stuff to get together. If we get enough patrons of the show, we'll maybe upgrade the content uh, as far as the quality of the show. Um, but we need you to make that happen. So if you like what we're doing and you want it uh, leveled up a little bit, the way to do it is to start contributing now, and hopefully we can build that up. And you can do that with the one and only $1 Club. So you can go to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And it's one for $1. You can get this awesome die cut sticker. I've got a whole load of them here I want to hand out. And uh, we'll give you a shout out on the show as well. So with that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing? Um, we're recording a little late uh, sorry to everybody. Jake had no power. So why don't you just, uh, Jake, fill us in on your life and how things are going. Uh, I mean, it's going okay. I just, a really bad storm blew through yesterday right before we started recording and my power went out for like two or three hours. And then it came back and some of my breakers went bad. So I had to like swap out breakers. It was just a fucking nightmare. Um, so been having like, it seems like the last lived in this house for five years the first four years i think our power went out a total of two times Mm. and it went out way more when i lived in meadville which is strange because it's all overhead power here and when you're in town it's all like buried power lines so why is it that it goes out more in meadville but we were really lucky first four years two power outages this year Alone, we've had like already, we've had like three or four or five power outages. Mm. So, um, really contemplating getting a uh, Gen- generator plug installed in my house yeah. so I can plug a generator in outside, switch it over. Just make sure it, you it ground it. It sucks because, like, what's that? Just make sure you ground it. Fuck it. YOLO. <laughs> Uh, no, I'll have an electric. I'll have an electrician install the install the plug, because um, you have to put in a reverse breaker and everything. You can't just like fucking. Pl- I mean, people do. They plug just plug a generator into one of their wall outlets and to do their house, and it's fucking stupid because they don't shut off their main breaker and they end up burning their house down and shit. But I, uh, yeah. So um, I guess have a pro if you're going to do that, but. Um, 
our internet like never goes out. Like the internet's still up, but the fucking power's out. So it's like if we had a generator, I still could have recorded the show yesterday. But what kind of internet do you, know, you have? Been, cable. Oh, okay. So um, it doesn't, you know, the the cable and the phone lines and stuff will still stay up if the grid goes. But down. your computer wasn't working, so yeah, right. So, which is a problem. Obviously, like the router was out and everything too because I didn't have power. But I mean, it's mostly the like I just want to make sure the fridge stays on and shit like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's really annoying. But before that, I was able to get my yard mode and then I went and played some free golf, which is always nice. Uh, that was pretty cool. I shot a 43, which is pretty good for me. Mm. Um, I, I downloaded this app for my phone. So I was like, oh, I just want an app to like keep like a scorecard app. I guarantee you know it's I mean? the same app I'm using right now. So I downloaded this app called Swing You. Is that the one you have? No, I use Golf GPS. So I don't, I don't want GPS or any of that shit in it. I literally just want a stupid app that literally just has scorecards I can type Go numbers ahead. into. Yeah, I know what you mean. And well, I have, I have one of those GPS a range. I don't thing, need yeah. it with my phone. Yeah. So I just want something to keep track of my scores and. I download this app because it's like the first one that comes up. It's like best rated and everything. And it's so fucking complicated to use. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I'm at this point with like apps and computer programs and stuff right now mm-hmm. where we've been doing this long enough that if I just can't open the thing up and just instinctually understand how it works, <laughs> it's fucking poorly designed, in my opinion. And, uh, had this real problem and I just like threw my fucking phone in my bag. I was like, fuck it. I'll just keep track of my score on my head. And I did that, which, you know, worked out, I guess. But they don't have scorecards there. That's the thing because it's like They, free they do, but I just don't want to like carry that shit and everything. So like I just kept track of plus minus in my head and just, you know, tallied it up at the end or whatever. But because um, there was no minuses. It was only pluses. But uh, mm. it was uh, hot as fuck. So – Walking nine holes carrying your golf bag when it's 85 and humid out was a little bit of a challenge, but it was a good workout, so I had fun. Yeah. Um, it's It seems like when it comes to power, I mean, is there ever a good time for power to go out? But this isn't the first time that we've had storms and we couldn't record the podcast kind of recently. And, uh, you know, usually we don't we don't typically have bad weather up this way so the listeners are probably trying to call bullshit on us right now but i mean it's i don't know if you heard but the government controls the weather now so they probably are just upset about something and they're just dropping some mad storms on us to try and control us they stole the weather dominator from cobra so which is a real thing um but there actually is a weather machine out there that the, that somebody was experimenting with, trying to like manipulate the weather. What weather, man? I cannot talk today, and I haven't even had a drink yet. I promise. Um, but yeah, it's a real thing. It's, I don't know what it's called, but if you look it up, there's like a weather machine, and I don't know what kind of success they've had with it. But what's hilarious is there actually is a, a series of GI Joe cartoons where uh, Cobra has come up with this idea of completely manipulating weather and like freezing people out and like threatening to like leave it that way unless they like 
acknowledge that Cobra is the best or whatever. It's so ridiculous. They take over the world, give them all their money. Um, but yeah, man, the weather's been kind of weird here lately. So I don't know. Um, I'm trying to figure out other PlayStation games beginning with the letter Q for the end of this show. And uh, Hubert. Yeah, come on. You can't use it now that you said it out loud. It's got to be something different. How about Qbert Rebooted? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Quake, Quake 2, Quake 3. That's easy. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, so, I don't know. I, I've i had a fucking sh- Monday, dude. I, I'm i on a golf league, and I forgot when you and I had, had talked yeah, last night that, like, yeah, let's just do it on Monday because your power is bound to be back on. And then I was like, well, my golf league is going on. Well, we have shitty weather today, so golf league got canceled. So here I am, and we're recording this on Monday for the listeners. And uh, if you guys think we just kind of disappeared and didn't didn't announce what was going on, um, if you were a patron subscriber, you would know because I put a little video up there saying that we were having weather problems and the podcast is going to be a, a little bit late. And I also put a live YouTube video up that has zero views. So if you are a fan of uh, the podcast, you're doing it wrong. And... Uh, you could either go Patreon or YouTube, and you would know. So we didn't disappear. And I, I still carry a little bit of guilt with me, Jake, because we did disappear to all of our listeners a long time ago. We just vanished. We just quit. <laughs> like We had no feedback knowing that anyone was even listening to the show. And it turns out like there were probably quite a few people that were listening, more so than there are now. Um, but we kind of just shot ourselves in the foot, just quit doing the show a long time ago. But we're back. Obviously, but I kind of always get nervous when we miss miss our uh, scheduled show on Mondays because I think number one, it's going to throw an algorithm off. Number two, whoever is listening is going to just say "fuck these guys," or like number three, like I don't know, something else is got. We're just going to be like, yeah, that was actually kind of nice not doing the podcast, you know, had a weekend to ourselves. No, it's fun to do it. It's fun to do it. Mm. It just takes a little bit of time. Um, you and I had a concert on Saturday. That was a good time. The Riverside Music Festival. We sounded great. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I've got I've got a video clip. My my sister was there and she videotaped it and sent me this really highly compressed video of us playing the last song we played and uh but the audio was intact and it sounded phenomenal. Like the mix was ridiculous. That's good. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I was re- you never know how you sound until you see some video of it. But um yeah, man. Um that's going on. Just had a heck of a Monday, dude. So golf got canceled and then work has been kicking my butt. I'm just like, I'm just annoyed with work. I don't know. So I was really, really excited last night to talk video games. And now Monday has uh, beaten me down and I feel a little lethargic just so the listeners know. But uh, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. There's some news, and I'm playing some new games and stuff. So that being said, how about we talk about games that you and I are playing right now? We do this every show. Jake and I talk about current PlayStation games that we're currently giving our attention to or time to. And um, you may have noticed from the title of the show um, that I have picked up Aliens Dark Descent. And... uh, Man, um, I like it. I will say it's buggy. This is non-spoiler, just quick, uh, I don't know, high-level review. 
it's it's essentially real time XCOM, but you don't really have the opportunity like movement on this map. Like you just it's point and click, but your whole squad just moves on their own. Like you don't control each individual person because that wouldn't mm. work in a real time game. So it's interesting. Um, they have a feature where when you go into like the sub menu while there's combat, you can either slow time down or you can stop time to tell your guys what to do. But then you unpause it and then shit just goes and then you got to like watch your guys stats and like pause it. Okay, use the shotgun. Things are just fucking going. Guys are screaming. Aliens are picking up, you know, your your crew and like impaling them and running away with them. And you're trying to like hit them with grenade launchers so they drop your characters. And like, it's very resource heavy. Uh, you have to rely on a lot of resources in the environment. This game is awesome. Hmm. Actually, really impressed. The price point was forty bucks, and uh, I really like this game. And I didn't realize it. But one of my favorite parts of these XCOM games was was like naming your characters after real people. And yeah. you can do that in this. They give you like Marines and then you can go in and kind of tweak their appearance a little bit. Now, you can't like – it's not like you're messing with their jawbone and shit. There's some like different things you can do to make them look a little different. But um, you can change their – camo that they're wearing give them a helmet not give them a helmet make a male female change to like maybe eight different faces like eight different skin complexions five different scars on their face and then you can give them like um uh, different tattoos and change the color of their hair right so there's enough shit that you can kind of make them resemble like people in your life and then give them the name and then it's like Hmm. it's just easier to remember the characters like you know, Jake, you're in it. You're in it. You just leveled up. You just promoted. I promoted you. Um, you're actually a sharpshooter. Uh, you're my first one. So I hope I don't Sounds lose right. you. My father's died in the game. Chelsea, my wife, has died in the game. I, I, uh, it's interesting. There's so much to say about this game. There's not – I'm going to pause it and save it. That's not an option in this when you're in the missions. And uh, essentially the way it works is you can evac your group if you just feel like you can't you can't descend any further into the madness. Like you want to save everybody. You find your little mission critical vehicle, which is like a tank, and you get back to it. And then you have the option to go back to base. And then all of your characters are either like really fucking worn out, tired, wounded. They have to go to the med bay. And then it takes time to nurse them back, right? And for each day that passes when you're nursing your characters back, the threat level of the, the, the world gets harder. So – and it's interesting. So it, it kind of forces you to keep the pro- progression without being a slack ass and just like getting all the resources, getting all the best stuff and then going and hitting the mission because like it's just going to get harder the longer you wait. So you, you're kind of forced to go in with some – not so skilled characters, and then but they do they do really interesting things. Like on the base, uh, they have training options, so you can you can enroll your characters in training. But if you pull them out of training before their training's over, they lose all the progress they would have had from that training. So it, you're like committing them to uh, a training facility to level up, 
But then when you go run your mission, you better hope that no one dies or you guys get so fucked up that like you can't run a mission the next day because you got people in training. You don't want to pull them out and ruin their their, – their, uh, so then there are situations where you don't have enough Marines available and you just got to like rest a day, reassign physicians to people, rest another day and the threat level slowly goes up. And then they give you these – kind of like XCOM did actually. It, it's like they give you these things – it's a really cool game. They give you these scenarios that are just text based. It's like, oh, you know, reports of uh, a marine um, that's long since been been gone. We've tracked him down. Do you want to send a rescue squad to go retrieve him or no? So you have two options. One, you send a rescue squad. It costs X amount of resources to do it, but you get a marine back. Or you say, we don't have time for this shit, save the resources, and then you just don't get another character to your to your pool of characters. But by by sending someone to go pick up the Marine, it, it takes away the opportunity for you to go on a mission yourself because your, your fucking vehicle is being used. Um, so it's really interesting, man. And then there, there's an armory where you upgrade weapons, and it's there are cutscenes. And it is a, a very edge-of-your-seat kind of game when you're playing it. And the only way that you can save is when you evac back to base, like I was saying, or at, all the Marines have a spot welder. So if you find yourself in a room and you have enough of uh, the engineering things, as you go around, you find chests and you pick them up. You can get ammo, you can get medical kits, and then you can find like tools that kind of like engineering shit that you need to like do shit around the level. If you have enough of these engineering points, it takes one point to weld shut a door. And then if you weld shut all of the doors in the room that you're in, you have the opportunity to rest. And when you rest, your characters de-stress because they suffer from stress. So it's got a little bit of Darkest Dungeon in there too because like Mm. they actually have some trauma characters from going on these missions. When you bring them back, you can set them up with like a psychiatrist and give them some like psychiatric therapy and stuff. And uh, some of these ailments that they encounter are permanent, as far as I know. Like, some are just, like, coward. And it's like, you know, they become a worse shot if the stress is above a certain level. And you, it's really fucking awesome, dude. This game's really good. Um, I don't know. It, it's really awesome. This, it's pretty intense tracking all this shit. But I'm on the third, like, campaign. Um, I don't know how many there are. And I already have a silver trophy that I popped that not many people have. And um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad you like it because it looks really cool. It's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. So that's my quick synopsis of Alien Dark, Dark Descent. I'm going to play this shit through in, unless I get to a point where I just can't go any further because it gets too hard. But I feel like I've got a good system. I take my first squad in. We fucking do as much as we possibly can. And then it's like you get to like a point where you're like, fuck you know, each everyone here is gonna level up if I get them back to base, and I send them back, and then I send in B squad the next day, and we when we hit things, and then I've lost a few people obviously, but and it's cool too. It's got the feature that I think XCOM does. Like if if someone gets wounded, you can nurse them back to life, and, and there's different character classes. Like you said, you're a sniper. There's techie. There's um, there's uh, recon, and guys that have certain distances they can see and shit. It's so good. Um, but dude, like. It's one of those things where 
if someone's wounded, you can have a character pick that person up and try to evac them. So it turns into that 1980s action movie where, like, the guy carrying the down teammate can't walk nearly as fast as everybody else. And it gets kind of shitty because when you walk them all, they all move at the same time. So the guy who's carrying the wounded person is always way in the back. So, like, if you're getting tailed by by aliens or by, like, androids or by, like, crazy gang members in these cities, it could be dangerous because he's going to be walking the slowest and only have a pistol. So you have to, like, really figure this shit out and lay down, like, traps and stuff that, like, you can get past and just keep laying shit down so the enemies that are coming out behind you get fucked. And if you get too close to, like, your tank when you're trying to evac people, it's awesome because there's this huge fucking cannon on it. And it's just like, and he just starts blowing up the enemies as they're coming at you. And your guy's just like carrying like a fucking dude. He's walking. You're like, God, make it get there. It's so fun, man. It's it's really edge of your seat shit, man. If you like this kind of game, highly recommend it. But be warned, it's hard as hell. So it's awesome, though. Jake, what are you playing? Um, So I'm still playing Diablo 4 I haven't gotten all that much farther into it I, I like I'm level 30 and I just got through the first act mm. and I think I heard somewhere that there's like eight acts in the oh, game Jesus so I don't think every act is like that insane but I I want to see the story through there is a lot about it that annoys me I'm not going to go into detail because we've talked about it in the past um but the I down so I downloaded the uh, demo for Final Fantasy 16 because I've seen nothing but really good things about it, and I think that I'm probably gonna wait a couple of weeks. I, I think I'm gonna wait until <coughs> after I'm like done with Diablo before I play it because my understanding is that the demo leaves you in a spot where it's like you instantly want to jump right into the main game. So, like, I don't want to play the demo and then immediately want to start playing the story and then just leave Diablo by the wayside. Because even though Diablo, I could probably, like, pick it up and put it down, I do – it is my first time playing through it. So I do want to try and get all the way through the campaign, the story, make sure I know what's going on and with all that, and then kind of leave the end game kind of seasonal shit for later. Um so I downloaded it, but I haven't played it yet. I'll probably wait, you know, two or three weeks before I get to that. But the actually, and I haven't talked to you about this at all. The surprising thing that I'm playing is uh, I am playing. Well, not I, I have been playing um, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom on Switch. I didn't even know you had a Switch. I don't. So I borrowed one from a coworker because they were like, because I I was talking to him about the switch and stuff like that, and he was like, "Dude, I have one and I never use it." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I've been hearing really good things about the new Zelda game," and he was like, "Dude, I'll just let you have my Switch for a while, just buy a physical copy, play the game, and you can probably resell it for almost as much as you paid for it." Wow. And so, um. So I was like, all right. So he, so he let me borrow it, and I was out of town on a work trip this week. And I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity because I don't want to 
I never want to take my PS5 on the road because it's too big, it's too heavy, it's too fragile. Last thing I want to do, that thing probably wouldn't even fit in my fucking suitcase. And so usually I take my my Xbox, but I was like, oh, I'm going to take the Switch so I can play Zelda. So I take the Switch, I, get, I drive out there. The first thing I do is I flag down a GameStop and I go in and I buy Tears of the Kingdom and I go back to the hotel, get everything kind of set up and uh, in it. And, and actually, so I, I guess I never, I never really elaborated, but whenever I was, I said, you know, the last week or two, I was playing a little bit of Mario. I was playing on that Switch. Oh yeah, yeah, um, that's what threw me off. I didn't, I didn't know what yeah, the fuck you were talking about. Yeah, so I was, I was playing. Um, the 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 guy that I borrowed it from had Super Mario Odyssey on there, which is like the newest Mario game. So I was just playing that a little bit. Yeah, uh, and. So I'll say two things about – I'm not going to get super deep into it because it's not a PlayStation game. But it is relevant because everyone – like the internet won't fucking shut up about this game. So I'll say two things. Um, I'm probably – I've got to be every bit of 10 hours in this game. Literally all I did while I was on my work trip was play fucking Zelda. Mm. Like I didn't go anywhere. I didn't go out and do anything. I literally got back to the hotel at like – Five or six o'clock, got something to eat, and then just literally played Zelda until I went to bed, and, and like for a few nights straight. And uh, the one thing that I'll say is this game, I do not understand why people are giving it like a fucking ninety-seven on Metacritic. I'm not going to sit here and say it's a bad game. It's a great game. I'm really enjoying it. I think it's interesting. And it's it's one of those games where, like, when I'm not playing it, like, like I'm never like, oh, man, this is amazing when I'm playing it. But when I'm not playing it, I kind of want to play it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like one of those games. It's, like, always in the back of your mind a That's little bit. Because there's so much – like, all these – there's this mechanic in the game where you can just build shit. And a lot of the puzzle puzzles are predicated on it. And it's not like the old Zelda games where there's like one way to do a puzzle. Like in this game, it's like <clears throat> you can almost break the game and they want you to do that. That's like the point. You can like build shit. And like for example, um, <clears throat> there are these like almost Far Cry-esque towers that unlock portions of the map. And – there's like this one where it's surrounded by this water and you can't swim up to it and then climb up on top of the rock that it's on because you run out of stamina and you'll fall and you'll drown and all this shit. So there's like a way you got to figure out to do it. Well, I'm fucking lazy. So all I did was you have this tool that allows you to like attach things together. Yeah. So all I did was just cut down a shitload of trees attach all the logs into this super long fucking log and then just like rested it across the water onto this rock so that I could just walk up onto the rock and get to the thing. Like it's, it's really interesting. The type of things that it'll, that it'll let you do like that you would think normally would break a game, but it's like part of the experience. But anyway, the reason why I would say that it is not amazing is because the way that the story delivered to me is super antiquated. It's like all fucking text and stuff the voice acting is okay, but there's no real like cutscenes in it. And like, 
I don't know if I've just been. Rem- I think that there's like there's like some there's like some uh, serious Nintendo bias going on with this. Not because it's a bad game, but because I think some of it is just it's it's like. Some of it feels so AAA as to be like this game is is one of the best design games ever made, and then there are other things that are just like we don't fucking do this anymore. Like, why is this in this game? Like, like a lot of the way that the speech works and things like that. And then the other thing is that, dude, this game runs like fucking shit. I couldn't tell you the last time I've played a game that ran this bad. Wow, and. Now, to be fair, I I, I don't I, – I only play games in performance mode. I'm always locked in at 60 frames. That's the way I like to play games. So when this game comes in and the high watermark for it is 30 frames, it already feels kind of slow. Right. But then on top of that, there are moments where it will like fucking slow down even more than that. And I'm just like, bro, what is this? Like, how is a game running like this in whatever, 2023? Like, this is insane. How, like, like I understand that, like, performance isn't everything when you're scoring a game with design and all that. Mm-hmm. But, like, it should be a factor. Like, this game should not be a 97 specifically because of the way that it runs. Not even, like, even if everything else is 100% perfect, which I don't think that it is. Right. Of course, I'm not a game critic, so what, do, what the fuck do I know? But that said, I do really enjoy it. I, and I am excited to – I'm going to take it with me when Sarah and I go on vacation next week so, uh, so I can play it on the plane and stuff. And uh, uh, I'm excited to get into it more, and I'm excited to play Diablo more, but that's where I'm at right now. Dude, that's wild. I, uh, yeah. I I did not think that you would be playing that. Uh, I, I, yeah, I've never said anything. I, I don't know why you would ever assume I'd be playing a Switch game. So but, weird. Yeah. Right now, the listeners it's are like, pretty weird. Can we just talk about PlayStation? Yeah, she's going to the show. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> dude, by the way, I just sent you a really cool picture. I meant to talk about this on the on the oh, on the pre-show thing. Um, so I. Uh, I've been painting this cathedral. This is all printed, home printed shit. Um, and it's pretty fucking rad looking. That's all. <laughs> it's cool shit. It looks really good. Yeah, it's awesome. You um, did a good job on it. What's with the like the white It's stuff? not painted is yet. That That's like, a bell. So it's like a okay. big bell tower. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could probably. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah, I could probably share it real quick on the, on the thing just because I think it's cool shit. Um, hold on, listeners. If you tune into YouTube. You'll probably be able to uh, look at cool stuff, man. Um, hold on. Let me see here. Downloads. Here she comes. Really, really large. Um, and I'm going to have to shrink this down for you guys. You're seeing the tip of it. Oh, it's not going to even be in the scale here. Hold on. Anyways, the viewers will be able to see this cool little cathedral. So I printed this at the house. And... Uh, my buddy actually printed um, the the base, like the the house parts, and then I did the bell tower on my on my printers. I know we have some listeners who are interested in three D printing. It's actually pretty big, um, but I've been working on painting this. So I have that game Cursed City I've been talking about, and uh, I want to get together a group for October. And even though this cathedral has no real functional purpose for the game, it, I really want to build the setting because it's like going to be like really like. 
gothic with vampires and zombies and graveyards and shit. So it's going to be really cool in the, in the fall time to have this on the fucking table with the map around it and stuff. So um, I've been working on that. But enough about that. I just thought I'm so stoked with how it's turning out. I'm surprised it looks as cool as it does. Um, but yeah, so you're playing Tears of the Kingdom. And uh, I'm playing Aliens Dark Descent. You're also playing Diablo. So for listeners to think that we're not relevant, here we are playing new new games to talk about new games for you guys. Um, but as you guys know, you guys can write the show, gmail.com. Most of our listeners write us on uh, YouTube. And uh, you can do that as well. Uh, we prefer that you just hit us up on Patreon and become a member for $1 a month. But if you can't, we're not mad about it. The first listener feedback for today is Big Box. He strikes. He says, what the F WTF is the wishlist thing, Fred? I put three games on mine. Rogue Legacy 2, The Binding of Isaac, and Armor Core 6. But I don't know what this does. How does it benefit the user? And he's like, okay, now, for serious. He talks about Hideo Kojima starting his own documentary and how people are kind of like giving a ton of shit about it. Um so my thing was with the wish list, and just for clarification for the listeners, um, the wish list has major benefits if you use the PlayStation app. I guess it works just as well if you're just logging into PlayStation all the time. So the benefit is, is anytime Sony throws a sale down and you have an item wish listed, the app will say an item on your wish, wish list is currently for sale. And you get like a push notification and then you're like, oh, shit. Now I'm going to go buy this thing probably because it's cheaper. It's great marketing on Sony's behalf. But on the same flip side, it's it's actually uh, it's actually really useful for us, the users, I think. So that's why I like to use your wish list. I think if you log into playstation and stuff on your wish list for sale you just go to your wish list and they're all right there and it'll show like the regular price and if it's on sale it puts a slash through it and it tells you what it is how much it currently is so right into your wish list it tells you what those things are costing in the moment and that's the reason i use it i'm kind of a cheapskate and i want to make the most of my money so these are games that are that were on my backlog that i really just uh you know, didn't want to pay full price for, wasn't prepared to pay full price for them. And then, you know, I have no need to really get into them right this moment. But the other part of uh, Big Box's comment was, and I touched on this briefly with LJ when LJ was in for you, Jake, and maybe you might have something you want to say about this. But when we have a news point about this, no, we don't, not this specifically, but something else involving Hideo Kojima. But Hideo Kojima is starring, this is what he writes, okay, now for serious, Hideo Kojima is starring in this documentary called Connecting Worlds and a trailer of it just released. It seems to be a lot of people throwing shade at him for being, quote unquote, up his own arse in it. I don't get it. Who cares if he takes himself seriously? From my perspective, all media, not just games, seems to be suffering from a lack of auteurs. Sorry, I can't even say that word. Um, I know what it is, but not from too many of them. Um, I also think Kojima comes off pretty humble, likable whenever I see him in the interviews. What's your take? Is the internet one big player haters ball or does Kojima deserve the hate, 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 hate? By the way, you would both make fine gaming despots. Thank you. Um, Jake and I were are the new are the new uh, leaders of the video game world. Um, he said he would serve in either of our regimes anytime. So thank you, Big Box. 
And the Kojima thing, Jake, my take on this, and and uh, he did apologize that he missed me talking about it already. Um, but Jake, I kind of want to hear your your take on the Kojima thing. You saw the trailer for this, right? I did not see it. No. So there's there's going to be a movie all about Hideo Kojima starting Kojima Studios, and it's it's being co. What's wrong with that? Well, uh, it's 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 being filmed by like PlayStation uh, Studios and Kojima Productions, and it's all about Hideo. And it's like there's nothing wrong with it. All I was saying was this. He deserves it. If anyone, if any game maker could it could have an interesting documentary about their pro- process and like the way they run a studio, I think his would be probably one of the most interesting. Um, but at the same time, it's like, are you directing your own biography about how you run a studio and then like kind of putting yourself in this awesome light, like? It's just it's just kind of weird. It'd be like if I made a documentary about myself. Why is that weird? People write autobiographies all the time. Yeah, but I don't know. Not, not, I just think not there's to something mention, weird about. Not it. to mention how many how many fucking like uh, like uh, <laughs> behind the scenes video game documentaries have you written that are all made by the people oh, that actually did them. the game? Yeah, the you know what I mean? So like it's, it's yeah. literally the only reason why people are butthurt about this is because it's Kojima and he's always been like really he's been fucking Kojima. I mean, literally since Metal Gear Solid, literally since Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation, it's like. A Kojima game made by Kojima for Kojima. Like you by look Kojima at the fucking credits. It's like yeah. it's like literally Hideo Kojima ten times in a row. Trailer written by Ko- Hideo Kojima. Yeah. Game development, game direction. Hideo Kojima director. Yeah, Kojima, yeah. I mean, this is this made is, by Kojima. This is production. the dude. <laughs> it's like a it's a it's a fucking meme. Like I think it's like his shtick, right? So there isn't there aren't many people like him, and I think that like. If people are getting upset about this, it's like, are you expecting this to be like some fucking, uh, some expose, like independent yeah. expose on Kojima Productions? No, it's going to be a fucking like celebration of him and his studio. That's the whole point. It's not going to be like, don't expect this to be a fucking thing where Kojima's going to come out and be like, yeah, I fucked up here. It's I fucked a hit up piece. there. He does a like, hit piece on himself. <laughs> yeah, like, like you just have to understand what it is. Like, if if somebody else wants to make a documentary about him, then they should do that. Yeah, oh but no, like, no, dude, I get I, it. I, I, I get one hundred percent. I just think personally, it just feels. I get why it feels weird, right? Like, that's it feels all I'm weird. saying, man. It'd be like it if, feels weird to be like I'm awesome. It'd right? be like so, if Green Day recorded their own. I don't know. But they do. Bands do this. Making of the album. Metallica. We made the album. This is Watch Us Behind the Studio. I get it. This shit exists. It's just maybe weird because it's his studio. It's not him. It's like his studio putting him on high. And it's also PlayStation putting him on high. And it's just like I I don't need like a – I don't need to go into this thinking like it's, it's, it's biased towards him. Clearly it is. And that's fine. That's why you're watching it. I'm definitely. You bet your ass. I'm gonna watch this when it comes out. I'm so. I'm all in already. Yeah. I'm. I'm 100 in. And uh, 
I mean, if if that isn't telling enough, I mean, I do approve of it, but I just think it's a little fuck. It's just a little fucking weird. That's all, and it might be just a culture clash. You know what I mean? Like maybe I just don't get it. Um, because I think there's there, there's something to be said. There's two things to be said, right? There's something to be said for somebody who is who just knows they're fucking badass and doesn't have to like talk about themselves or like put themselves out there. But then there's something about somebody who knows they're badass and like swings their big fucking wang around. And like somewhere in between is where Kojima sits because he feels like he's kind of like he's kind of like a rock star. Like he's not at all of the things. He's only at some of the things. He's still kind of like Sasquatch when he's cited somewhere. There's a news article. Oh, Kojima was there. You know, like he's like he's still like very celebrity. Um, And he's not like every opportunity in, in someone's face. But he's also not like a Cormac McCarthy where he's just like a recluse, right? So it's it's he's he's walking this fine line. But I think I think any more than a documentary on himself, it, he's going to tip it in the wrong direction. That's all. That's all I'm saying. He he is he is hamming it up for the fucking industry. He always has. That's who he is. And I think that it's like. Who am I? I think to say. that it's yeah, just right. funny. Like you remember, you remember that. I think it was a PlayStation showcase, either that or it was a. Um, it was either a PlayStation showcase. I think it was before Death Stranding came out. There was this thing where they like. It was on. It was one of those few like last ones that were on stage, and like it, the the stage goes black. And they like introduced him somehow and like he walks out on stage and there's like this runway of lights like preceding him as he like walks out on stage like this fucking rock star. And he doesn't even speak English. Yeah, right. I mean, he does, but he he refuses to really much. Which is fine. Yeah, right. And it's it's just I find like it's like one of those things where, (laughs) you know, I think that people like him we need more in the industry than just these like sterile fucking video game you know you know everyone's yeah. in lockstep about what they think about everything and oh it's, yeah, you know, it's like yeah, you guys, yeah for sure you think about like you know and i'm not i get like what you're saying is that the the only thing that's weird about this is that it feels strange because you would never do a documentary about yourself because that just like feels weird. Well, I couldn't but, like, because I'm Fred Oakman. But if I were Hideo Kojima, then people would be like, well, maybe the guy's got a story to tell. You, you know could, what I mean? Like, you could do the fucking documentary about being the most famous man in Meadville. Like it, it's it's well, fine. The, well, like here's the thing though, like like. If you're somebody, it all of a sudden becomes okay to do. It's really weird if you're nobody, right? And that's that's all optics. Like if you're a nobody and you're writing like an autobiography and no one even fucking knows, no one's interested in your life or anything, maybe that's what we need, some kind of really humdrum normal thing, which actually might be kind of cool. But like who who wants to watch watch some – random person do a documentary on themselves of course you're going to be ostracized for that because they're like who do you think you are king fucking shit like no one even cares about you man but like kojima can do it and people will be like huh all right yeah i mean you can't argue with it the guy's fucking legendary you know what i mean like that's that's the difference is like he is somebody so like it's okay he's only he's literally only made banger video games so like 
people want to know what his process is. And like, (laughs) I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me. Like you think about, there are so many interesting people in, in the industry. And I, I would love to see more of this. Like I would love to see, you know, a more sort of in-depth documentary about somebody like Todd Howard, who's the head of Bethesda Game Studios, or even some of these other big video game people, like even people like David Jaffe, who created God of War. And like, I think, I think that even if they, they make it themselves, because yeah, they're going to want to present themselves in the best light, but it's like, when I'm watching something like this, I don't want to watch like, I don't necessarily want to see people's fucking skeletons. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm in for that, but like I'm in it because I enjoy gaming and I don't necessarily want to watch a documentary about, I don't know how some, I don't know. I don't know. We don't have to talk about this anymore. I just think, I think that it's, it's, it's definitely interesting and I am interested in watching it because I think Kojima is just a interesting person. Dude, you know, I'll say this. A lot of people, he's like an Andy Warhol type guy or something where it's like people either really like him or they fucking hate his guts. And I think that that's kind of interesting. I don't know that anybody hates his guts, but like – Some people are a little – I think just a little over like – Put uh, off by it. Kojima They're put off Kojima by his, Oh, of course. It's new fucking Kojima game. Right? And the, and the voice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, Big Box is always getting us talking, and uh, I appreciate the the write-in, Big Box. Um, J1 writes in, I want to talk about Capcom's Pragmata. I think that girl in Pragmata game is a robot, also with an unknown spacesuit guy and a holographic robot cat. (laughs) Yeah, we can talk Pragmata. Dude, this game actually, we didn't see much of the actual game. I know Capcom had had a little more maybe in their Capcom... Capcom, uh, showcase but it got delayed i know that much and we talked a little bit about that and uh you can talk with us about pragmata all you all you want j1 um i think that the game has potential just based on just based on it looks like the game aesthetic that they have like the art direction looks kind of cool if they stick with this it could be really really interesting and good and capcom is no slouch these days so this game could be really cool who knows what engine they're using they're using unreal they use the RE engine. What are they using to make this game? I don't know. Um, but uh, it looks awesome. And based on how quick they're turning around the Resident Evil games, if, they, if they're if they dumping years into this Pragmata game, there's a good chance it's going to blow people's socks off. Um, I don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse or, or however you want to say it, but you know, there's not a whole lot more that I can say about. It. I agree, the girl kind of does look like a robot, or some sort of she does some sort of special magical gifts or powers or something. And um, it almost kind of struck me as like a uh, an outer space version of The Last of Us, but like maybe synthetics, uh, maybe not as serious. I was getting like a Bioshock Infinite vibe. Yeah, there was some of that. Yeah, I mean, just story. Where it's like. Though. Where you've got like a you've got like a special character that you are sort of paired with or escorting or something, and I'm I, I I'm wondering if it's going to be a third person shooter esque kind of game, but that you are going to be able to call upon this girl to do certain things for you, like how you could use Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite to like tear open these portals and stuff, and so. 
that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from it. But again, we don't know literally anything from it. So it could be a wildly different game and we probably won't know for another fucking three years. All that it says on PlayStation.com about Pragmata is that lose yourself in a brand new sci-fi action adventure game from Capcom, the creators of Resident Evil and Devil May Cry. Pragmata will present players with a profound story and setting. That's where I'm pulling like the last of us shit. And then it says... As cutting-edge visuals take full advantage of the next-generation platform features, all made possible by the power of the PlayStation. So very, very vague. You get some screenshots, um, really interesting screenshots. There's definitely some space shit. There's a shot with taxis in the in the sky. Um, this robot guy that kind of looks like he came right out of dead space um, with the mask he has on and stuff with, like, the little girl kind of latched onto his back. And they're soaring throughout her space. You got a little cat for sure. Is it just a hologram? He's like in Times Square, it looks like at some point, the guy in this space space uniform. It makes you wonder if like this is a uh, st- if this is like some sort of story where you are maybe the last human and you have AI to direct you and stuff and you're trying to maybe save humankind or, or like she is a robot like a or some sort of AI. Near automata kind of thing. Yeah. It looks cool, dude. But J1, thanks for writing that. Um, I agree. Uh, it looks kind of weird and, and it does beg more questions than it gives answers, the trailer. Um, I don't know. We can move on. Thank you for writing in. And uh, as we do with every show, uh, we're going to talk about some PlayStation news here. Um, the first news point comes way of uh, – most of these come way of Push Square. We get a lot of our news from their website, pushsquare.com. I also comb the PlayStation website and in the PlayStation blog and just wherever. We don't break news. We just talk about things that are going on that pique our interest. So in the latest update to Horizon Forbidden West, the recent passing of voice actor Silence, Lance Reddick is honored in an in-game memorial. The memorial can be found in a new region that was added um, in the Burning Shores DLC. So there's nothing really to say about that except um, – nice for them to have done that i mean they didn't really have to do that you know it was kind of nice to see a big company kind of care about somebody who contributed to their game you know sure i don't know do you have anything you want to say about that it's just kind of a nice little thing if you guys have this you can go find that memorial if you want no it's awesome i really enjoy that they uh, i really like that they did this because i mean it's really the least that they can do but they didn't have to do this lance reddick was such a big part of their um played Zavala, uh, the Titan leader guy in um, Destiny. So it's it's cool that they did this and they gave gave a – or no, no, no. This is – This is Horizon, Horizon. Silence, yeah. Even still, even still, it, it's uh, it's awesome that they did this. I think um, there was some shit going on in Destiny Yeah, too, there was. Because he was also uh, Zavala in Destiny. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. He's going to be missed in the community for sure. Yeah. Um, news point number two. And this one is doesn't really surprise me at all. It's exactly what I figured was going to happen. But for any PlayStation gamers out there who don't have access to an Xbox or rather PC maybe, who knows if it's coming to PC, but the Indiana Jones game 
that is currently in development by Machine Games that was planned as a multi-platform title is no longer coming to PlayStation. This was revealed in the contract with Disney, which was unearthed as a result of the FTC transparency request regarding the Activision Blizzard court case. Mm-hmm. So this was unearthed and surfaced that um, the contract with Disney was rewritten so that the game cannot be released on PlayStation. So there you go. Um, this is, of course, Xbox kind of speaking out of both sides of their mouth like we thought they were going to do. And they said that they want to have all their games available on all the platforms and they don't really care. Um, but uh, maybe this is actually even possibly a result of Sony pushing back so hard on them acquiring Activision or Blizzard. Um, to be I don't clear, know. I mean, yeah, they did a lot of- – Xbox has done a lot of weird talk, but so is Sony too. And I – around like all of this shit, and it's just really annoying at this point. I wish that they would all just fucking shut up and just like deliver whatever they're going to deliver. Deliver the game. Announce what they're going to announce. Just say right at the beginning whether it's coming or it's not. Yeah. And I think that like Xbox came out when they bought Bethesda and they were like games with legacy on PlayStation will be there. And I'm guessing that this game was – a was kind of in in its inception before Microsoft bought Bethesda. So it was probably originally slated to come to Xbox or sorry, PlayStation. And but Microsoft maybe decided uh that they were going to keep it exclusive for the um for the Game Pass stuff because they need content for that that churn. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sort of indifferent on this. I, I think that, you know, we already have an, we already have two Indiana Jones games in uncharted and tomb Raider. Like <laughs> it like is, is, is there, I can't foresee any way that an Indiana Jones game comes in and is better than the uncharted series. If it is, that's fucking awesome for Xbox and awesome for gamers. But I just don't see how you can make a licensed game that we already know everything about and make it as good as something that just from the ground up unique that was a big surprise like Nate. It's a really tough formula to crack. I'm trying to think of, of licensed games that came out that were absolutely fucking stellar. Like the only thing I can think of or the best thing I can think of off the top of my head was Spider Man. And even that, like, the story was great, but it was awesome because of the gameplay, not because of this, like, killer fucking story. Like, Uncharted was awesome because of the killer fucking story and characters and setting and everything. It, it wasn't necessarily the greatest gameplay on the planet. So I wonder, like, what route they're going to go with Indiana Jones because I don't – I don't know. I, I, I'm cautious about it. Cautiously optimistic, I'll say. I, I hope that Machine Games does did an awesome job with f- fucking Wolfenstein. So hopefully, this comes out and it's great too. I bet I it's, it's like a young indie. I bet it's like in the seventies review score wise for most people. But I I don't expect it to be like blowing anyone's hair back. Like I think like I don't know the new movies coming out this Friday. We're recording this on what? What's it? What's today? Even twenty sixth. The new Indiana yeah. Jones movie comes out this Friday. It, it might pick up a little bit of steam, but this I heard it's like fucking bad. It's not even out yet. Yeah, but it's been it, critics have been watching it for like a month. Oh, yeah. 
Let's see here. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. That's a great name. It is interesting. So it right now it has a 62 on Rotten Tomatoes. Better than the Crystal Skull. It's got to be, dude. Yeah, fuck. Anything's better than that movie. Um, they should have just Metacritic. left it as a trilogy. Indiana Jones has a 56 on Metacritic. That could also be like diehard fans just hating on it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't it even could matter. Be, I mean, you're never going to please. It, it'll probably it'll probably do really well. And I'm never going to play the but, game. So <laughs> it's not coming to PlayStation. Yeah. So it doesn't even fucking matter. Um, interesting, though, Jake. Yeah, the, game, the, the movie comes out this Friday. So it looks like they're going to miss that hype um, with the release of this game. So who knows? We'll see. Um, the next news point, which I thought was uh, an interesting, interesting note that I didn't even think about. And, Jake, I know you hate talking about it, but in recent news, Jim Ryan made an interesting statement indicating that if the Activision Blizzard deal actually goes through and Microsoft acquires Activision Blizzard, then Sony, in good faith, can't share any information at that point for the Activision Blizzard about their PS6 plans until the console is released. And this could cause delays in games coming to Sony from those studios, which are acquired by Microsoft. So, of course, Sony would con- uh, would consider any designer information about their PS6 really classified and sensitive. And it would it would be like handing the competition your playbook before the big game, um, which is true. And I've never thought about this take on it. Um, you know, like if you want these these companies to work with your dev kits to like put up the new game right if it's gonna be cross-platform but if they're strictly owned by microsoft what's keeping them from giving your ps6 dev kit to fucking microsoft and they can be like oh this is what sony's planning let's fucking do this and this and this it's a good fucking point on the flip side of that though if microsoft wants there to be a day and date release of mlb the show on their next console they're gonna have to do the same shit so it's like no, they're just are gonna we fucking gonna let get, you stream it. Are we gonna get delays? <laughs> no, but 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 they still have to develop an Xbox version of it to go through Xbox's streaming service. Yeah. So right. so it, it what the, it does bring up a good point is like is there gonna be like a series of delays on that for next console gen. generation transition where. Some of these games just don't fucking come out for one console or the other for a period of time. Like because there is like a yeah, like like it's almost like they would have to have an NDA with Activision that says you cannot share this information within your own company. Which is fucking wild to think about. They would require a ridiculous amount of trust at that point. Because, dude, they could just get it and leak it, and then, like, the whole internet would blow up and be like, oh, this is a new PS6. I think that this is a little bit overblown. I think Jim Ryan is just blowing smoke a little bit because think about third parties like Activision even before this. But even before They don't this, have a vested interest, though. What, well, just think about this. Even before this, Activision at a console uh, – on a generation change, a transition, Activision has – the prototypes of both Xbox and fucking PlayStation's consoles. And you don't think there's some fucking information getting leaked and thrown around in there? I don't know, like, man. And I never that's thought one about thir- it. That's one third-party developer. There has to be shit going back and forth between them. 
they have to know what each other is doing in some capacity. They might not know the engineering behind it, but they probably know like, oh, you know, Sony's Sony's maybe going to have like less than a terabyte on the PS5. Okay, good. We're going to have a terabyte on the Xbox Series X. And it's like, oh, the Xbox Series X is going to have so many teraflops, but they're not going to have maybe the SSD that we're going to have. And like, like it's, I'm sure that there's some of that shit going on already. I think that what, what, what there is cause to be concerned about is if they have the ability to get into the engineering of, of it. And Mm. dude, I guess there is an avenue for corporate espionage there for sure. And it, I don't know what what it would benefit Jim Ryan at this point to say like, "Fuck it," you know, we're not having Call of Duty on our platform day and date. I mean, that would be stupid. So even if Xbox does own them, so it's unless like, he tries some weird maneuver to like make everybody mad at Microsoft about it. Hey, these motherfuckers took it. Now you can't have it. It's them. It's not us. They took it from you. I don't think that that's valid. Or that, that that would work because most people that buy Call of Duty don't pay attention to. Oh, this people shit. don't give a shit. Yeah, right. So they'll, they'll, they would just be like, "What do you mean it's not on PlayStation?" Okay, I'll buy an Xbox. Yeah, like that's literally the extent. I can't of play their Mario problems. on this thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought that was an interesting point that I never even freaking considered. Mario, uh, for whatever reason. Um, this next one is really weird. We're talking about. You know, these acquisitions and all the things, you know, and we're looking now at like, you know, Indiana Jones not coming to to Sony, to PlayStation. Now, and what possibly but probably uh, won't be um, the final Fallout game that ever made it to PlayStation. Uh, There are reports after recent DLC drop, the Fallout 76 is running smooth as butter on the ps5 people were like blown away 60 frames per second all of a sudden no fucking glitch like just it's running like a fucking well-oiled lathered up slippery machine and uh they're saying that the game is still i think around 60 bucks right now but i guess they made a lot of improvements to this game dude and what if we don't get another fallout on playstation what if we don't? And this is the last one that we ever get. I mean, is this worth revisiting now? That And the funny thing is, is like, there was nothing in the DLC that indicated that it was going to make the game run better. But it just somehow does. Like, maybe somebody fixed a semicolon in the code somewhere, and now it just, like, works. <laughs> well, first of all, Fallout 76 is included if you have PS Plus Extra. So you don't have to pay anything for it. Oh, I have it? If you have PS Plus Extra... That's the second tier, but right? That's the second tier. I've got it then. Um, second of all, I'm going to be completely honest. Of all of the, like, I don't know that I would care if we never got another Fallout game. I, I love Fallout. Don't get me wrong, but it just doesn't excite me the way that it used to. Like. I need to see some serious improvement in that franchise for me to get excited about it again. Like if they come back and they're like, oh, you know, we're going to make the next Fallout game is is going to it's going to hit like the reactions we're seeing from the new 
Starfield game. It's like, okay, well, then I have a reason to be excited about it. But I'm just – I've never been as big of a fan of Fallout as The Elder Scrolls just because it's so brown and just kind of ugly and it just never really did it for me from a visual perspective even though I loved the gameplay. So – Unless they, like, really change it up, I don't know that I'd be super, super upset about it. But that said, I'm stoked that Fallout 76 is coming around. I guess people are really liking it now, even though it's been kind of poo-pooed for the last so many years since it released. But, um, yeah, if you have Plus Extra, just fucking download it and play it. I wonder how it runs. They're saying good. So, I don't know. Interesting, man. Um, I just wanted to bring that up because if you, if any of our listeners have played Fallout 76 recently, let us know what you think of this. Is it worth visiting? I don't know. I don't know, man. Hmm. But speaking of DLCs and updates and upgrades and all of that good stuff... Cyberpunk 2077. I'm back in this game a little bit. I haven't played it this past week, but I'm back in it. Um, there was uh, a patch out, 1.63, to get the game ready for the Phantom Liberty drop coming out in a couple months. And uh, there's a big list of the updates that were made on, cyber, on uh, cyberpunk.net. And uh, the interesting thing is, is they did not yet update the police. In this game, I wonder if that's coming. I wonder if all that that stuff, like the like the the updated like police and the updated skill trees and all that shit. I wonder if that's all just coming at the same time as the expansion. I don't know, but they, that that seems to me like a pretty gnarly update. Yeah, and they did say that you don't have to purchase the expansion to get those quality of life improvements to the game. Um, yeah, so it must be one final patch coming. I don't know, but. Again, this game on PS5, uh, fucking butter, dude. It's so good. It's a great game. Now, I'm still not 100% like stoked on little things about it, like I said on a couple episodes ago. But um, the gunplay, I think, could be a little tighter. Man, if the gunplay felt like Destiny or something, it would be so fucking good. It's just like the gunplay doesn't feel like I want it to feel like. So It doesn't feel great. That's why I always – I love those – um, those assault rifles that can shoot around corners and shit. Those were like my jam in that fucking game because smart I really didn't, I really could not get into the fucking gunplay. I, I just, I didn't click with me for whatever reason. I couldn't control it. And I didn't want to spend like, I, dude, if a game makes me spend hours tweaking fucking dead zones and all this controller stick shit mm. and all that stuff to make it feel good, like I'm just, I'm out. Like, I'll pick the easiest gun to shoot and aim and all that stuff mm. and just leave everything else. And it's really interesting, too, because if you play that on, like, a PC, it all will control the same. It's just, like, where you put the fucking mouse. <laughs> yeah. So that- I, I mean, that's not entirely true. But it's a little bit reductive, but uh, <laughs> it seems that way. It definitely feels that way when you're used to playing on a controller, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, next news point. Now, this one is kind of interesting. It's not the end of the world. It's not, like, you know terrible news or anything but the team behind the upcoming first person shooter immortals of avium ascendant studios have announced that they are delaying the release of the title 
Brett Robbins, the CEO of the company, indicated feedback on the current state of the game, confirms that they have something special in their hands, and essentially the new launch date is going to be August 22nd. They pushed it out about a month. And they did so to give them a little more time to polish the game, and the studio owes it to themselves to get it right. So I don't know what a month does in this. Are they trying to avoid another game release? I don't know. Doesn't Spider-Man come out? No. When does Spider-Man come out? Around then? Uh... October twenty something. Okay, so they're yeah, they pushed it closer to Spider Man. I don't know. Like good. I'm glad that, you know, uh My guess is that they only delayed it a month. It probably just they need time to finish up their day one patch. You know what I mean? Like they like they they really need to get like it's probably good. I I don't I don't who knows whether or not it's critically gonna be good, but like they're probably comfortable with it. They just need to finish up what they're polishing off for their day one patch. And that's why they need one more month. It's it's not like a major overhaul. They just, they got some things they want to tweak to make it less embarrassing at launch. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, to me, it's like, like when you're only delaying it a month, it can't be that big of a deal. There must just be some kind of like yeah. thing that you want to do to save face. Either that, or you're trying to get out of somebody's launch window. Yeah. But they, Although, they also might you know, just really, be proud of what they have at this point and just, hey, guys, let's just take this slow. You think it would take a lot to delay a game. Like there's a lot of behind-the-scenes mechanisms, you know, with uh, distributors and everything like that and, you know, NDAs and game reviews. And maybe they think they have such a good game that they want game reviews to lead now, you know. <laughs> maybe they just want people to have time to sit down with a game and really get them a good review. Um, and be. not rush the whole thing. So yeah, interesting. So yeah, man, this game looks cool. It's uh, on my I'm interested in list. Uh, we'll see. It had it has superhero vibes to me, and it also like the like the imagery. First, it's not Bioshock three, but like it's colorful in that regard. Um, in a first person shooter kind of game, like Bioshock three. I thought was really pretty um, as a first-person game. And I think this is going to be a really pretty first-person game. Um, so they're nailing that. I've seen some video of it. It looks really good. So I'm curious to see how the game game works and how the story works and how it all ties together and if they, you know, if they hit a home run with this or not. I don't know. I hope they do. You know, we don't want to wish any studios anything, any bad luck or anything. But And for the sake of all of us, we want awesome games to play. So I hope it's rad. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. This next one had me laughing, Jake, while you were talking um, because we were talking about how Kojima just has to like make sure you know what the fuck he's he's doing. And uh, in, in some transparency, Hideo Kojima indicates regarding the Death Stranding movie adaptation, just to be clear, he writes, I am deeply involved in producing, supervising, plotting, Look, design, and content of the film adaptation of Death Stranding, not, or just not in charge of direct directing. So he wants, he wants to set the record straight. He's not just the director. He's got a, a lot, a lot involved in this, but, uh, he can't. I wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so ridiculous. Like, he's got to have complete control over everything, I think. I think that's kind of what we're going to find out. It's like he puts his touch on everything. Hey, you know what? And if it works, it works. That's why he's Hideo Kojima, dude. 
So I didn't even realize they were doing a movie adaptation of this. And I don't even know how it's going to work, but how much you want to bet Norman Reedus is in it. I mean, that would only make sense. What if he wasn't? He's in the fucking game. What if he wasn't? It'd be, it'd be weird. Well, it would be weird. I have a hard time believing that, but it would be weird. Dude, what what if it's like a different runner and it's not Norman? It's like Hideo could do something crazy with a, with a movie adaptation and somehow tie it into Death Stranding 2 somehow. Instead of Norman Reedus, it's Norm MacDonald. <laughs> he died. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone, man. Gone too soon. I know. I know. It's sad. Yeah. All right. Funny. Wow, well, it is hilarious. Um, not that he's dead, but I forgot about that guy. He was a funny, <laughs> he was a funny guy. All right. Uh, I don't know anyone else named Norm. So honestly, I, that's the only Norman. Can you think of anyone else named Norm? I'm sure they exist, yeah. but he's the only one. He's uh, the, the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, same. All right. Last news point, and then we'll get on to the new games this week. Resident Evil 4 is apparently getting some new content, the Resident Evil 4 remake. Um, and this is a rumor because there are seven new achievements that were found on PC that came out of nowhere. Now, they weren't titled. They were just kind of like these placeholders or something that just popped up. So they think that they're working, Capcom's working on some sort of achievement thing or some sort of expansion for Resident Evil 4 remake. So... You heard it there first. Uh, we pulled that off Push Square, so we're not breaking it, but we're telling you that the, if you're a fan of the game, that's that's a game on my wish list also. Um, I don't know if it was when we talked about it, but it's a game it should be if it's not. I really want to play that. Mm. Dude, there's so many games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's get into the last part of the show, Jake. We're well in over an hour, and uh, every show we talk about new games coming out, and we kind of give a quick uh, rundown on, you know, what we think about maybe new games to catch our eye. So the new games coming out this week are June 27th, which is the day you'll probably be listening to this. Destroy All Humans 2, Reprobe Single Player. Solvars on PS5, PS4. Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life on PS5. On June 28th, Reverie, Sweet as Edition. June 29th, AEW Fight Forever on PS5, PS4. Burn House Lane on PS5. Enclave HD on PS4. Noob the Factionless, PS5, PS4. And uh, Zikatrice on PS4. And uh, June 30th, we are getting Front Mission First Remake on PS5, PS4. Ghost Trick Phantom Detective on PS4. Goodbye World on PS5, PS4, Inner Ashes on PS5, PS4, and Spells and Secrets on PS5. I can't say that a single one of these games means anything to me. So I'm, I think that the AEW game is going to be pretty popular because, you know, people love wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I, I've heard that the front mission games are kind of awesome. And I, I've never, this is, I could guess, a remake of, I don't know if it's, I'm assuming it's the first one because it's called Front Mission First, but I guess I don't know. Um, and I've always been interested. It's like a tactics game, but it's their mechs that you're moving around the board. So that sounds interesting to me. I don't know if I'll pick it up because I don't know if I'm in the mood for that type of game, but I definitely, if you're interested in tactics games and you want like an OG, like PlayStation 
kind of tactics game, then Front Mission first remake might be kind of up your alley. Cool, man. Cool. Well, Jake, that about wraps it up for episode 282 of PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. Um, I want to thank all of our listeners for being patient with us as we released another delayed episode. Um, No fault of our own. We did intend on recording this on Sunday evening. We're recording it Monday evening. So thank you for that. And uh, thanks again to all the patrons of the show. Um, we know that, you know, even though a dollar isn't a lot, you guys took the effort to go on to Patreon, create an account if you didn't have one already and throw us, throw us a buck each month for this podcast. It means a lot to us. So thank you for that. And, uh, if any of you guys are playing Aliens Dark Descent, uh, the Zelda game, Breath, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, and then, uh, Diablo 4, you want to chime in on our discussion or, you know, let us know what you think about those games. You can write us at awesome at gmail.com, put a comment here on the YouTube video or, uh, you know, Go sign up on Patreon and uh, Patreon and, and let us know what you think. Become a patron of the show. Um, Jake, do you have anything you'd like to say here, wrapping things up here on a Monday evening for the show? So the one thing that I will say is that there is a mid-year sale going on, the PlayStation Store right now. And two things that I want to call out is uh, Dishonored 2 is $6. Mm. And that game is fucking awesome and even probably a better deal is uh wolfenstein the art history collection just because we mentioned machine games earlier wolfenstein the old history collection is 12 dollars, and it includes it includes wolfenstein the new order wolfenstein the old blood wolfenstein 2 the new colossus and wolfenstein young blood so it includes all of the modern wolfenstein games mm. And it's $12. Specifically, Wolfenstein, The New Order, The Old Blood, and The New Colossus are all fucking awesome. Young Young Blood, I didn't play, but I heard it's kind of meh. The, the co- it's like a co-op game. Yeah. But, uh, dude, those those first three, especially that first one, and, the, and it's like standalone DLC, The Old Blood, are so fucking good. And the new Colossus is awesome too. It's a bit, it's a, it's a little bit harder, but it's just like insane. And so, uh, if you're interested in first person shooters, you like a little bit of alt history, a little bit of humor with your slaughter, then, uh, dude, twelve dollars for those games is a steal. But what might even be a bigger steal, Jake? A game on my wish list that I talked about. That I've wanted for a very long time that never goes on sale. Bubble Bobble for Friends, The Baron is Back, is on sale for $15.99, which is uh, way under their $40 price point. So now so my- you can either buy fucking <laughs> Bubble Bobble or you could get all the Wolfenstein. Arguably, <laughs> arguably three of the best first person shooters from the last generation. Uh, yeah. You just do whatever you want to do. You guys decide. Hey, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but no, but I was surprised that that was on sale because that never goes on sale. I wonder why they chose that to happen now. But I digress. All right, Jake. Well, that's it for the show, man. Um, thanks for jumping in tonight. I still have to get all this stuff uploaded and uh, out into the wild so people can uh, listen to it ASAP. I'm just going to put it out right away. I'm not going to set it to release at midnight tonight. Just as soon as it's done, it's done. 
And if you're listening right away, we just finished recording this. So um, you're almost in real time with us. So thanks for tuning in. Nice. Um, so like Quake, Quantum Error, and Cube, P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.